I'm Luca Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. Yeah. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the house Oh. Welcome. You are locked down to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. Oof. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? All right. These games are getting kind of rough right now. This, this is where we're at right now. We've done a thing before where uh, we called it fourth quarter. What did we call it? Fourth quarter blowout theater? Okay. You know, <laughs> this was like two years ago in which when we did. so bad. Yes, it was very bad. We thought no, these we days were... No, we did this were... last year. Did we do it last year? Yeah, because we started the year before. We started in May, so there wouldn't have been any games. So we had to have done it last year. Okay. Yeah, it was last year. Uh, in which Nick and I would be in the press box, and we would record live at the game during the fourth quarter because there were so many fourth quarters that were just absolute blowouts. So we would call it blowout theater. Fourth quarter blowout theater. And, and we're like, just, it's like kind of commentary, kind of just rambling, like rambling about certain things. It's just basically if you're a day one while the games are going on. If you're a day one and you remember those days, <laughs> holla. <laughs> those are the days. We might try to bring something back like that if, if these keep happening. Because the last, I mean, the last, well, how many games of the season are? The version, this just tells you how the game went, the Dallas Portland game. Uh, that we'll talk about some, whatever. But. In the fourth quarter, uh, it resulted in Nick and I texting about <laughs> <laughs> which NBA players in the league would make up the Guardians of the Galaxy cast, uh, and us going back and forth throwing names out of like who would be Groot and who would be Rocket. And Groot is the easiest uh, one that I came up with. So maybe at some point, uh, ever in the future, if uh, we have some locked on Mavs Slack thing and you could in engage in these conversations that we have during the games uh in fourth quarter at theater somebody can throw out a topic and we oh, can that all would be start fun talking. we should do a slack account for for fans somehow maybe somehow in the future maybe we should do that somehow maybe so all right today on the podcast we will talk about the mavericks versus portland game briefly we will talk about that Costas made an appearance we have a coast coast sighting we'll talk about that and then i want to talk about these uh, Western Conference playoff matchups because they're so interesting, right? I think they're the most interesting that they've been this whole entire season right now. So I want to talk about that. Then Isaac will ask me a couple questions depending on how much time we have. He has some big questions for the Mavericks going forward this season. So, okay, Isaac, <laughs> do we have any thoughts about this game? Um, okay, I have, a, I have an initial thought about, so the Mavericks lose 118 to 126. It wasn't even that close. They kind of made a little comeback in garbage time. Uh, the biggest lead yeah. for the Trailblazers was 25. Mavericks didn't lead. The Mavericks only led in the second quarter for like a second, and then <laughs> and gave it back to the to the Blazers, and they just controlled it. It was uh, the Damian Lillard show again. He just he always kills the Mavericks. 33 points, 12 free, 12 assists, five boards, two steals. 50. Uh, let me let me say something about Dame. <laughs> um, so when my mother in law was in from Brazil, that was the game in which uh, I took them to uh when portland was in town uh, in dallas that was my son's first game it was on a sunday a while back that he'll and always Lil- remember <laughs> yeah yeah yes uh it's actually the game my, my mother-in-law will always remember 
And uh, that was the night we were talking about on the pod. And she was like, number zero, number zero. Oh, my gosh, she's so good. Uh, And 77 and all this. So she she made a scrapbook of the time uh, of her time that she spent here in the States with us, uh, with uh, her grandson and stuff. She's about to go back. (laughs) And the other day I'm looking at it and she's like, look at my scrapbook. It's it's done. And it has a bunch of our pictures from the Mavs game. And it has one number in there. Number zero. <laughs> she goes, look, number zero. He's so good. He's so good. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so uh, number zero torched the skin tonight. No, way to go, number zero. Yep. Proud of you. <laughs> the Mavericks have, the Maverick, besides Dorian Finney-Smith, the Mavericks played zero positive defensive players tonight. True or false? Um, I played the fifth. And No, you can't. Answer the question. Do the Mavericks currently employ any positive defensive players besides Dorian Finney-Smith and Maxi, who was hurt? And I was getting play? ready to say Dorian. Dang it! No, I think I don't think Brunson's that bad of a defender. But is he a positive? <sighs> All right, it's Dirk. <laughs> no, it's not just Dirk. It's that the fact that literally the Mavericks starting five is all negative defenders right now. Yeah, but I mean, I think it's just the stage that they're at right now. I mean, it's not like they care. It's not like they care that they're they're employing that, but that's why they're losing so bad in these games. They just don't have anybody to stop anybody. Yeah, and I mean, I really think that's just where they're at in the season, where they're at as a team and stuff. You know, if they're fighting for, um, I don't think this team is as well. Okay, I think if they were in the midst for the AC right now, the defense would look a little bit different. But absolutely. That doesn't that doesn't change the well. The, the team is also just not constructed. This team is not a constructed team at this point. They were they were deconstructed because of the trade. Yeah, absolutely, and that's the thing that uh, Brad Townsend he, he's tweeted out a lot, and I've talked to him about it. You know, and even us on this podcast, we we wanted Dorian Finney Smith to get more of West's minutes, and we're like, oh, start Maxi and all this stuff. But it doesn't matter how many what players that you have on the bench that you think should get more minutes or not. When you trade four starters, it's that has a huge effect. No matter what, no matter how good you think those players are. So especially if the players you're getting back, one of the the best one isn't playing, and then the other ones are were fringe role players on their own teams <laughs> are not playing. Why yeah. why why Trey Burke just like went through spells where he wasn't playing? I think he's a fine backup point guard. Like I don't, yeah, I'm with you. I don't see why he doesn't. He's not good play more often. He's I think, not good defensively, I, but he can get a bucket for sure. Yeah, but but I think that yeah, I think another if I'm another team I, and I need a backup point guard, I'm going after him. I don't know if he'll be on the team next year because you know Brunson and JJ and and all that. But yeah, I, I've liked what I've seen from him when he actually gets to play. I'm with you. Yeah, he he he's a guy that can get a bucket. He's kind of a spark off the bench. He can he can score some. He had 15 points tonight. Five of nine shooting, but uh, he's kind of—it's kind of the only thing he can do right now. He's kind of a one-trick pony in that—that that sense of the word. Yeah, but there's a bunch of one-trick ponies across the league. That I mean, I know this is like taking a step further, but like Lou Williams is a one-trick pony, and that's a great pony. So, like, if I mean, he's not Lou Williams, I mean, but he's, he's a horse. It's <laughs> a one-trick horse. Like he's a stallion. Full-blown horse. Um, but no, yeah, I think, yeah, I like what I've seen from Trey Burke. Yeah, I, I've, I've liked that as well. I have not liked what I've seen from Tim Hardaway Jr. Ooh, that's a bigger conversation probably. <laughs> 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 I mean, 
Yes, it gets frustrating right now. Just this stage that he's in. I, I still hold on to this this ounce of truth or this ounce of hope uh, that Tim Hardaway back to a third, like back to like a fourth man three three and D type of player uh, will be fine. <sighs> he could be your Jamal Crawford six man type of thing, most expensive six man in the league, maybe. <laughs> um, but I think it just depends where he play, where he plays at in the rotation next year is really intriguing, and you can't. I don't think he's one of the few players that you can't say for sure what it is, because if you ask, I mean, right now if I had to guess, I get I would pencil him in as a starter alongside Luca and hope that he just shoots better with KP and Luca, you know, running the show. But there there are scenarios in which Dallas gets another wing, or they like Finney Smith with another free agent wing, and they view Tim Hardaway as this, hey, just be our Jamal Crawford type, be our Lou Williams type. Just come in in the second unit and just try to get buckets and hope that it works. That's my theory. That's my theory of what they should do. Yeah, you've been on that for a while. That's been my thing since, since pretty much since he got traded. <laughs> that, that should yeah. be his thing, playing next to a, a point guard that can get in the ball. And yeah, Jalen Brunson. Yeah, J- playing next to Jalen Brunson, just him and, and Brunson being the focus of that second unit. Um, depending on where, you know, JJ ends up with his injury next year. So, um, okay. So <laughs> they have zero defensive, good defensive players right now. Uh, the game was, was awful. The Mavericks lose. It was not really that exciting. We did get to see, you know, a minute of Costas. He got his first NBA point off of a free throw. He also, we need some more Costas minutes. We do need some more Costas. We've been calling for it, and finally we got just about six minutes of Costas. And six minutes of Ryan broke off and hit a three. So, Hey, Costas got a steal. And In the box how, score, he got two steals. I don't know where the second one came from. But. What are the chances that we have we have a Giannis Instagram Twitter post about Costas before people listen to this podcast? Ooh, I might as well just check that right now. Well, the Bucks lost tonight <laughs> to the Cavs, so he might not be in the best of moods, but um, he's been super vocal about his brothers and stuff in the past. So, the intended Cooperos. Yeah, we'll definitely we'll probably get a, a post. We'll probably get a post. A Costas postus. A Costas post. The Antetokoum Bros. Is that what you call them? <laughs> no, that's that's their YouTube Instagram name. Is the Antetokoum Bros. Antetokoum Bros. TV. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a break. When we come back, let's talk about the Western Conference playoff matchups and some big questions. All right, Isaac. So currently, the Western Conference playoff matchups, as they are on Thursday, March 21st, before any other games have played. Okay, first round matchup. You ready for this? I'm ready. In the Western Conference, the one versus the eight. Golden State versus the Oklahoma City Thunder. That's that's wild because they were so good. They were second in yeah. the West at one point, and they had the best defense. And man, they they had two MVP candidates at one point. And it's, man, yeah, that's the thing. You know, with Paul George there for a while, it was the MVP race was Giannis and James Harden and Paul George. And with Zach George Lowe kinda, did like a whole podcast trying to convince everyone that Paul George should be in the MVP category. And since he did that, he's just completely fallen off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he, he's just fallen off and you don't know kind of what 
is he healthy with the shoulder stuff? Yeah. You don't know about that. Uh, we were talking about this briefly before the pod, and you've mentioned how Harrison Barnes is, you know, shooting. I mean, not Harrison Barnes. Um, Russell Westbrook. <laughs> uh, I have this list out in front of me Freudian, that I was going. Freudian slip. I was, I was going to bring out something uh, to you in a little bit, but, um, but yeah, with Russell Westbrook playing uh, better as of late, with Paul George not playing uh, very good, it's just kind of this: can they both put it together at the same exact time? And yeah, I mean, I, I was all about him. I thought that would be the number one competition to Golden State in the in the play in Western Conference playoffs. And the way it's looking now, I mean. Man, they just look rough some nights. They got beat again tonight in overtime against Toronto, and they, Houston bar- they just- almost didn't score. They took to the very end of overtime. They scored four points, but they almost went scoreless. And I think I I looked it up. There's only like eight teams in NBA history that have gone scoreless in overtime. If you're the Warriors, you definitely do not want that. So, uh, ah, I don't we- think the Warriors care. I don't think they they don't they know they can beat anybody and everybody in the league. But OKC is just a little different, you know. It, it's I don't care what you think. I mean, OKC is different than Utah. It's different than San Antonio. It's different than the Clippers. It's different than those guys. You get Paul George, Westbrook, everything between KD and Oklahoma City, and just the just the up the ante some. Stephen Adams uh, has I feel like he's always played the Warriors pretty well, and it's just yeah, they're just different than the other squad. So they definitely don't want them in the first round. Yeah, because then you, you get them in the first round, then all of a sudden your second round. Unless, you know, they could fall back because the Lakers could move in there. <laughs> have you seen this guy's video? You 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 asked for this because you have a Lakers jersey in the background right now. Have you seen the guy's video that is one shining moment with all the Lakers' terrible moments this season? It's beautiful. It's one of the best things on Twitter right now. It was so funny. Somebody tweeted at us today, and I'm like, is, uh, telling me to send it to you. And I'm like, Nick's already seen this. <laughs> I know he has. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so, so then Golden State faces OKC. In the second round, they play the winner of Portland versus Utah. Portland, Utah is intriguing, but we just got to know what CJ McCollum's like. Yeah. Because if CJ's out for a while, then, Yeah. I think Utah goes through them pretty easy. But. Yeah, they win that pretty. Then, then Golden State kind of they flipped their first and second round matchups. Really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just Utah's. It's difficult for them against Golden State because of Gobert, and we love Gobert. He's great. He's awesome, but he's just another one of those dudes where you put him in that pick and roll, and Steph Curry and them is just gonna eat him, eat him alive. And now the most, okay. One of the most random things the whole season is Andrew Bogut being back. (laughs) It is super random. I mean, so, so random, but cool. Good for you. Good for you, Andrew Bogut. Remember when you played for the Mavericks? (laughs) (laughs) I remember those days. Okay. Uh, What's the other matchup? Other matchups, Portland. Okay. So the two seven is Denver versus the Clippers. Denver's a two seed. Do you want to know how I feel about this? Denver's a two seed, but they're only like five games better than the Clippers right now. Right now, I would say that I'd pick the Clippers to beat them, which is wild because they traded their best player. They traded their best player in two consecutive years 
three consecutive years, right? Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, Tobias Harris. It just has everything set up for it. You have the chemistry. They're hot. Just how they play together. They don't. They're not supposed to be there. They're not. Yeah. That uh, nobody believes in us. Kind of. They literally time. have the nobody believes us. They don't have the alpha dog. They ju- they are the definition of what team chemistry should look like. And they just all give everything they have. And then on the other side, you have this unproven team that you know has super all young, these, never been. In yeah, the super young, never been there. It just has everything set up for that type of upset, and it would. It, it's going to be a you know that's that's the test for Jokic and Michael Malone. That's the test for you right there. And the thing I, that, God, I think. Well, I just say that I think the best thing. I think if I'm Denver, I'm wanting San Antonio, and I know that sounds crazy because you're going against Pop, and Pop's been in the playoffs forever. But I, I just I would I would prefer San Antonio over the Clippers if I'm Denver. I think I would want Utah. Okay. Could I get, hey, go Bear and Jokic would be fun. Yeah, go Bear and Jokic. The thing with the Clippers is they have Patrick Beverly that can make Jamal Murray's life miserable. Yes. And the Nuggets the Nuggets have one thing going for them. They're super good at home. They're one of the best home teams in the NBA. They're thirty and six at home. And they're they're seventeen and sixteen on the road. But mm. but they would have home court advantage. So if the, the Clippers steal one of the home games, then that's it, you know? Yeah. Man, that's so fascinating. That's, that's such a good first-round matchup. I'm so excited about it. Okay, the uh, 3-6 matchup, the 3-6 Mafia matchup is Houston versus San Antonio Spurs. <laughs> Ooh. That's nice. That's a nice one. I, I almost I might really pick the Spurs in that. <laughs> in that. No. I think Houston, man, what James Harden's doing right now, it's insane. They just lost the Grizzlies. I know, but... Harden scored 57. They are the biggest threat to Golden State. It's not OKC or anything like that. That's really sad. But, I mean, they're not going to beat them, but it's still, like, that's the... The biggest threat. Is that the biggest threat in the NBA? No, no. I think think there's... the Bucs still, the Raptors still? Uh, Yeah, I think some of them would be... Very interesting for Golden State. Philly has a has the a five that's really intriguing to where if they meet in the finals, that means Philly has been on somewhat of a hot streak in the playoffs. Yeah, they kind of put they it might, together. They kind of put it together to where okay, if they get there, then like there's a lot of it's not like LeBron years to where like LeBron kind of just cakewalks to the finals, and like if they get to the finals, then they have at least two series underneath their belt that. It was pretty solid. And that's the difference. Like, that's the difference of, like, you look in the Western Conference right now. Let's say it is that matchup of Golden State versus Oklahoma City. That's the stuff that a lot of people bring out in those LeBron conversations of him being in the East for so long. And some people are like, oh, my gosh, well, look who he played in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yes, there are a lot of teams he played in the Eastern Conference Finals that were really good teams. But it is a world of a difference whenever you can cakewalk one round, sometimes two rounds. And even in this scenario – if Golden State, we're talking about the first seed in the West, has to play OKC in the first <laughs> round, that would be the best when team. Westbrook that, and Steven Adams get beaten up all night. That would be the best team LeBron had faced in the playoffs his entire career outside of the Eastern Conference playoffs for the most part. I mean, one Eastern of them. Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, yeah, Eastern Conference Finals. And, uh, yeah, he had a couple second-round matchups that were tough. But still, so that's the type of – that's what separates the West from the East. And people undervalue – 
having to go having to have a, a really tough series in round one and the effect that has when you get three series down the road. And we've talked about this a lot. The Eastern Conference records right now, like Toronto has fifty one wins, Milwaukee has fifty three. But if you put them in the, the West, that looks almost the same as like Golden State's record and and the Nuggets record. Like that goes down by a couple wins and it, it probably evens out. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it goes down the line. The worst teams would be worse. Like the who's the, eight, the Miami is the eight seed. They're thirty five and thirty six. They would probably be worse. They would probably be, you know, worse in the Western Conference if they had to play West teams all the time. Oh, for sure, absolutely. It just goes down the line. But we're not we're not butthurt about it or anything. <laughs> Being in the West. All right, let's take another break, and when we come back, we'll talk about the rest of the rest of the matchups, and then some Mavs questions. All right, Isaac. So. The 4-5 is Portland-Utah. We kind of talked about this one already. Um, that Nurkic-Gobert matchup is a little interesting. Yeah, that, that would be super fun. Um, Nurkic, uh, I kind of wrote him off at one point. And well, I think a lot was, of people did. He got trade. He, he used to play for Denver. And then there's that whole thing, can Jokic and Nurkic play together? You have to choose one of them. And then Denver chose the right one. <laughs> they traded him. And he was just kind of like, nah. And then now he's—I mean—he's—he's he's turned in some really good games this season. He had that—he had that five by five game earlier this season. He had five steals, five blocks, five assists, five rebounds, five points. He's had some because you kind of well, you're you're seeing that with the shift in the league of having to stretch fives and these mobile centers and everything. They're like, oh, do you even need a center and all this stuff? Now you're starting to see a little bit, uh, just a hint of. Some of these teams, it kind of goes into our caution of putting Porzingis at the full-time five spot. Yeah. Is you're starting to see some of these teams they have that bruiser type. So let's say they do roll out KP next year as the five, and they don't have any type of bruiser. I mean, just look across look across the Western Conference at some bigger bodies all, that all these that Porzingis, teams, all these teams in the in the West right now. You have Stephen Adams, you have Nurkic, you have Gobert, you have I guess Capella. Capella kind of counts. No, no, I wouldn't count Capella, but I would count like Nurkic and Jokic and, you know, Steven Adams. Harold definitely counts. Yeah, I mean, Harold, I mean, even if you want to say, I know like Bogut just got back, but Bogut's a bigger body type to where like these guys are, you know, bruisers down in the paint. DeMarcus will. (laughs) Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, Cousins too. So like those are guys that Rudy Gobert, I would say he, you know, those are type of guys that, Used to, it felt like the conversation five years ago was like, oh my gosh, Nurkic just can't play. I mean, he just can't play in the league. He can't. Now, I realize playoffs are a little bit different. Playoffs is different type of basketball. And guys like Cantor, who played tonight against the Mavs, <laughs> probably isn't going to see hardly any minutes. That against. was the Billy Donovan gif is that Cantor can't play. <laughs> Cantor can't play. <laughs> it was in the playoff series when he used to play for the Thunder. But yeah, so like that that's. That's something I uh, I worry about, right? So I look at as far as roster construction for next year. If if they do roll with KP at the five, will they at least get some type of bigger body? That and we've joked around like Robin Lopez, somebody a, a cheaper vet that you can bring off the bench, and you know get some minutes. We just talked about West guys. We didn't talk about East with Embiid and some of those guys. So, by the way, I put up that poll today on my Twitter of what we talked about on yesterday's pod of the two through four pick, or no, the, the first pick in the draft, would you trade that for like Bill or Embiid? Man, there was a ton of back and forth of people 
discussing Embiid and Zion. Of course, I had some people like, you're crazy that you wouldn't take Embiid for Zion. Uh, Zion's unproven. But then a lot of people was on the Zion side. I was surprised how divided that was. And the votes in it uh, didn't, Embiid by far was in second place. But there were a lot of quote tweets, different replies that were going back and forth on Embiid versus Zion for Dallas. And I thought that was intriguing. Interesting. Yeah. I still wouldn't do it. I'm sorry. Yeah, I still think I would take take Zion just because of fit. Fit, injuries, everything with that. Yeah, I would take Zion. And I'm not one of these people that is skeptical about Zion's fit in the NBA or how he'll play in the NBA. There's just enough. It's like Anthony Davis. There's just enough people that say he is a generational talent that <laughs> have me convinced. Yes. Yes. And this didn't happen with guys like Anthony Bennett, you know, like, or, or Andrew Wiggins, I guess. Oh, for sure. They didn't say that they were generational talents. So they were really good talents, but. Yeah. So, all right, you want to throw me one of your big questions? Uh, one, I have a random note for you, and I thought about this during the game, or I think they mentioned it during the game. And I looked it up. I, put, I left the tab on my computer, and I forgot about it. Salah is quietly logging games in, like, franchise history. And, like, you're going to turn around, and Salah measure could be on this team for, like, five or six years. And it's crazy when you think of that because you don't see that very often from, like, a role player that, I mean, it was a. it feels like yesterday that they brought in um, the seven footer from Tunisia that everybody was watching these YouTube highlights of, and like, man, he's pretty athletic for a seven footer, running the court and blocking shots. He was older, you know. He's he was right at like twenty nine at the time, and now we look back and you're like, that was like four or five years ago. And looking at games played list right now, he's forty fourth in franchise history with one hundred ninety six games. Okay, in seven games, he's gonna pass Harrison Barnes. Uh, for mo- more games in in, in Mavericks uh, history, but then after that, let's say he comes back next year to to be on the team. Which, like Porzingis and Luca and all of them, they're always talking with him and everything. So if they bring him back next year to be the same type of role, <laughs> he's gonna pass up guys like Jamal Mashburn, Vince Carter. Uh, he has a chance if he like plays in like 40, 50, if He plays in at least fifty games. He's gonna pass up Eddie Nahara. You know, in front, and it's just crazy kind of thing. At least crazy for me because he's not like a. It's it's. I'm trying to think of a. Another he's not a rotation type of, player. <laughs> yeah, it's not a rotation. But and that's the crazy thing. If he didn't get DMP CDs, he would be past these guys already. <laughs> it's just he's just one of those guys that you're going to quietly look back and be like, "Holy crap, he's been on this team for like six years," and it's just like one year and one year deals here and there and. Uh, I think it's just kind of cool. I mean, we love Salah. We love having him in the locker room. And I think it's a testament to how unique of a player he is and how they kind of do value him uh, with his personality and style and all that stuff. I saw Dylan Duell tweet this out earlier that uh, Dwight Powell is 20th for the Mavericks all-time in games played. Yeah, he is. He, he passed Jim Jackson, and uh, he's going to he, pass Sean Marion next season if he comes yeah, back. Yeah, if he – he yeah, if he comes back next season and he plays forty something games, he's gonna pass Sean Marion. If he plays sixty something games, he's gonna pay, pass Jay Vincent. Um, he's not gonna pass Steve Nash next season. Even if he wait, fin- okay, so he finishes plays the out rest, this season. Rest of the season, no, yeah, yeah, he would pass Steve Nash if he played every single game next year and all the rest of the games this year. 
That's wild. Steve, he'd be he'd be sixteenth all time in maps maps games played. Dwight Powell, Dwight Powell, Isaac, and that that's where we've talked about with with JJ Barea and why I've already I've I've pitched so much that he should have his number number retired, uh, in which Mark Cuban kind of shot down. <laughs> uh, on He's gonna put podcast. him in the Ring of Honor. He's gonna make yeah, a Ring of Honor. Honor. Uh, that you know, if JJ comes back next year and plays, he's at six oh eight right now. If he comes back and plays next year, he's gonna pass Jason Terry and Michael Finley and be in fifth all time games played in franchise history, behind only uh Roe, Derek Harper, Brad Davis, and obviously Dirk. That's the gap between crazy. Dirk and Brad Davis is quite funny. Yeah, it's, Dirk is at fifteen fifteen hundred eleven now, right? Yeah. And Brad Davis is at uh, eight hundred and eighty three. <laughs> It's almost doubling up, but man, almost double. That's so wild. That's crazy. But okay, so uh, I'll just throw a couple questions. One random, one random one. Just give me the good Why? one. Give me one good okay. one. Okay. Um, do you want to do Brunson redraft real quick? Oh, let's let's where he where he would go. That we we've gotten this question a lot, and we'll that's why this, I had we'll do this briefly. We'll probably do this on a longer podcast later in the year, but yeah. We've gotten this tweeted at us a lot. When we made our Jalen Brunson uh, all-rookie second team plea bid, yeah, <laughs> plead uh, that he should be on the all-rookie second team, a lot of people were tweeting at us saying, all right, where would he go in the redraft? Look at the draft. Where where should he go? And we've just kind of put it off because we've had different things. But if, you, if, if we just look at it now, you look at a few things, and let's see if we land on the same spot. Do you want to do exact team that you think the team would take him right now? Uh, maybe just spot. Okay, okay. Or so we can, we can do team. We can do team. Let's just start. Let's start at eleven after Mikel Bridges and go on down. Yeah. Uh, SGA no. No. Miles Bridges no. No. Because of Jerome Campbell probably. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, they swap picks and all that stuff. But um, Jerome Robinson at thirteen. Uh, they already they just picked SGA, so they probably wouldn't do that again. They probably wouldn't do two guards. True. Like Michael Porter Jr. No. Uh, nope. Washington with Troy Brown. Yes. Ooh. Washington has no backup point guards. That's true. They play Thomas Sanaransky at point guard. I do think that that's the highest that I think I would agree with you. I think I think but Washington. But if we're, right. we're going to do this, then you also have to look below him and see. Oh yeah, you got to look players, at like Kevin Herter. Is there any, any other players below that they would have picked? Yeah, you. I, we're looking at Kevin Herter. We're looking at a, a Kobe hey, Mitchell Robinson for them. Mitchell Robinson. Yes, they're starting Thomas Bryant at, at center. Uh, I don't. Well, Dwight's coming back. My butt, Dwight's coming back. <laughs> um he had a butt injury zyre smith among, among other things <laughs> yes he had an injury that was to his butt um <laughs> zyre smith we couldn't happen to a better guy <laughs> zyre um, smith he's a he's a wild card we don't know at 16 uh, yeah he's a, he's a walker that was part of a trade so i don't want to mess with that would milwaukee rather have brunson over his teammate dante DiVincenzo. Man. You know what's funny? What's crazy? Okay, what's really funny about this is, so I listen to One Shining Podcast a lot. You know, I've, I stand for that podcast. I love that podcast for The Ringer. And back last year, 
like Jalen Brunson was their running joke because it was their joke of college basketball of saying Jalen Brunson's going to win national player of the year. And he's not, he's like the fourth best player on his team. And they're like, he's not that, you know, he's not going to be that good and all this stuff. And mm-hmm. I'll laugh about it now because obviously we talk about him all the time and he's great, but all and he had three other teammates get drafted above him in Amari Spellman, DiVincenzo, Mikel Bridges, and like those three guys got drafted above him, and he was the national player of the year. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Mikel Bridges is definitely over him, but it's not by like five miles. Like, you know, five miles app plug. Shout out. Spot. <laughs> um, but yeah, so would Milwaukee want him? Behind Bledsoe and Brogdon, yeah, and they're them. playing George Hill as their backup point guard right now. That's that's very true. Uh, San Antonio's Lonnie Walker. I'm still believe I still have stock in Lonnie Walker. So and he's been hurt. So yeah, Kevin Herter. No, Minnesota. They have Tyus Jones. Utah, yeah, and, and Derrick Rose and Jeff Teague. <laughs> that's Derek and Josh Kogi has been pretty good. Okay, so we can agree that Washington would be probably the highest that he would go. Would, would Washington have picked any of the guys below where they did, though? Um, I mean, you'd have to redraft. The I think team. I think a lot of people like Kevin Herter. What about Kuroks? Mm, no, Mitchell Robinson. I mean, I, Kuroks, those are the kind I think of guys. definitely when you get on down into the twenties it would be a lock because a lot of these teams would love to have Brunson come playoff time. Like Indiana, I think they would I think they would take Brunson over Holiday right now come playoff time. Probably. Um Portland right now, I think they would take Brunson. Heck, uh, the Lakers over, right now. Over Simons. Uh, yes, the Lakers definitely would. Uh Philly traded Shamit, so we'll leave that alone. Um Boston, well they got Rozier. Golden State, man. Okay, people got to understand. A lot of people hate Golden State, but, man, Golden State missed out on this Jacob Evans pick. If they – there We, were, we liked there that a, pick, though. That's kind, that We did like stinks. it, but, man, there are a handful of players that if they – if Golden State took Mitchell Robinson, <laughs> that would have been not Yeah, fair. but Jordan Bell had a good year last year. He did, he but just, still. He just hasn't played – he's had a sophomore slump. Like, Jalen Brunson on that team would have been great in the Quinn Cook role. Like he's better than Queen Cook, um, yeah. Mitchell Robinson, Kuroks, and for Golden State at that spot, yeah. So highest we think Brunson could go would be fifteen. Probably you're looking. I don't know. And then a smattering of teams in the the twenties. Right. Yeah. Right after the lottery, probably. I, is Jalen Brunson a draft pick, a lottery pick in a redraft of this draft? I don't believe so, no matter how big of fans we are of him. But, yeah. Obviously, if you're going off just talent and production this year and you're saying, all right, we'll just take away, like, the injured guys, then you'd have to take away, like, a Jerome Robinson, Michael Porter, uh, even Troy Brown. He's been injured some. Like, if you just take away injured guys and say, is he a top 10 rookie based off just production of rookies this year? Yeah, I would say that. But in a redraft, considering age, potential, you know, everything that they could grow into, I think he would be a right after the lottery pick. Interesting. Interesting. We'll we'll hash that out probably further in a different podcast later in the year or maybe even in the offseason. But there you go. Mavericks are, are back in sixth spot in the lottery. 
They have a 37% chance to keep their pick, 9% chance to get Zion Isaac. 9% chance. Uh, they have a back-to-back, and they play tonight. As you listen to this, they play tonight in Sacramento. Ooh. So the return of Justin Jackson to Sacramento. Hey, couldn't come at a better time for him. We, Listen, we, we didn't mention him at all, but he had a really good first half. Yeah, we're going to talk about him more over the next uh, day or so, kind of what his role is going to look like, what kind of player is he. There's still a lot of question marks around him. Um, yeah, but I, it's it's a bigger conversation that we'll have on the pod for sure. Man, he had 21 points. I didn't realize that. Yeah, he did. He shot the ball really well tonight. Like he, Yeah, you just got to see – consistently what can he be and what could be his role next year will he be on the team next year even though he has a guaranteed contract um just yeah what what's the how much weight does he have in the future moving forward it'll be a question to look at well he doesn't have any weight right now he's he's pretty thin he is pretty thin that's true needs to put on some weight it metaphorically and physically all right there you go guys thanks so much for listening to the lockdown mavericks podcast um, we will be back tomorrow. Another a, a back-to-back game against the Kings. Justin Jackson return. Harrison Barnes versus his old team. It's going to be an interesting night. And uh, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom.